Hey guys, this is Juan with the Cinnamon Movie Podcast, letting you know that this episode is brought to you by San Marcos Mexican Restaurant, located right here at 2301 Southwest 59th Street in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Give them a call at 405-685-7773 for a to-go order, or dine in and experience the best Mexican restaurant on this side of Oklahoma City. And don't forget, $5 margaritas on Wednesdays. It's the best medicine to get you over that hump day. And don't forget to let Abel know that the Cinnamon Movie Comp podcast sent you for an additional 10% off your entire purchase. The best Mexican food on this side of town. So don't forget San Marcos Mexican Restaurant, the only restaurant of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Piece of me. Do I feel like? Well, do you bunk? Good morning, Vietnam. I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need, the need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Happy Monday, moviegoers. Welcome to episode 218, welcome to a brand new episode, and welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Juan, and I am joined by the cast, the crew, the guys, Edward. What's up, folks? Y'all doing good? Zach. Hey, what's up? Are we part of the Magnificent Seven? I'm not sure. We're going to find out. Not yet. We are not a part of the Magnificent Seven, but we are a part of the There we go. Bilingual, fun, educational. <laughs> um, but guys, is everybody having a magnificent seventh Monday of November? Can't complain. Start of the work week, so we will find out. First off, uh, <laughs> sir, your double entendre there is on point. That's why he picked this you movie, know. so he could just do as many puns as he could. <laughs> hey, check this out. We're... I mean, it's it's Monday, November the 7th. It's Magnificent Seven. But not only is it Magnificent Seven, it's the start of Denzel Month. Oh. Um, all but next week, we're talking about a Denzel movie uh, every single week of November. Uh, but the thing that's kind of, you know, um, I don't know if it's bittersweet, but guys, there's less than two months left of this year. Oh man, it's um, crazy! Not even sixty full days, dude. Not sixty full days. Uh, we are going to talk about what's coming up in December. If you guys don't follow us on the social media, what the hell is the matter with you? Um, because everybody has a social media nowadays, except for Zach. Um, yeah, because you know I refuse to be a human being. What's he was, the matter with you? He was he was born in nineteen twenty two, and he still you know he still has a very good charming spirit about him but no for real if you guys um haven't followed us yet go find us on the social media facebook.com forward slash the cinnamon movie podcast 
Instagram is all one word. Instagram slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Twitter is at Cinnamon four zero five, and then the email is uh, C I N E M E N nine two one at gmail dot com. Um, you know, we read the email bag every single Monday. Not this Monday. Um, life has kind of uh, slung me out the door and uh, rang me a few times this past week. So we will talk. And I will uh, go through emails this week, and I'll read the email bag next week. Um, because, guys, the email bag is going to be very important next week. You guys know what we're talking about next week, right? What's that? Black Panther Wakanda Forever next Monday. Mm-hmm. So you know the email bag is going to be very, very girthy. Um, yep. So we're not going to read it this week. But we do have a lot of other stuff to get to. Um, so I can't wait for some of that stuff. Um, but if you guys did not listen to us last week, by all means, um, go check us out wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, um, Prescribed Films Network, hashtag the PFPN. Just visit www.prescribedfilms.com and you can find us there every single uh Every single Monday, every single episode, you can find us there as, as well. So, um, yeah, you can listen to us literally anywhere. There's can, no excuse. Can, no excuse. You can watch us live here on Emusawa Productions' um, YouTube channel. If you guys haven't seen it yet, this past Friday, Craig and I joined the 100,000 subscriber video uh, live stream that we did on Friday. So if you guys want to go back and watch that and see uh, see some funny stuff, go back and check that out on this YouTube channel. Brand new videos hit every single day. So, um, But we'll get ready to, to uh, talk about spooky season. Last week we talked Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. We also had a funny conversation about the library. So if you guys want to go back and listen to that, listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts at. Hashtag uh, the library, right? I went back and listened to that segment of the show. Oh my god, it was it was awesome. Uh, you know and the that fact I... that you were and the fact that you were so surprised, they said you were just like Bullet Train just came out on Tuesday. How does that happen? <laughs> and you know that episode has well over seven thousand downloads on YouTube or not YouTube but Spotify, and then on YouTube it has uh, on Emaswa Productions over sixteen, uh, over one point six thousand views on youtube so go check it out it was a fun conversation halloween for uh spooky season came to an end do you guys have any uh thoughts on spooky season and how much fun it was to talk a different horror movie every week it was fun i mean i you know i sometimes i think last year we skipped it because we just had so many brand new releases Uh, i was actually thinking about that the other day is like if you think about what we were doing this time last year, we just got done with No Time to Die, Halloween Kills, um, Dune. I think actually this time last year, Johnny, me and you were talking Eternals. So it's kind of hard to believe that we've talked about all that and much, much more. Um, but I do, I think we, I think our fans or our listeners do like the horror season just because it just gives some, we can focus on one genre of film. And I think especially us as film fans, we enjoy talking horror. So what about you, Ed? Horror season or spooky season, whichever you want to call it, is always one of my favorite times of the year. Um, it's almost a gravitating uh, event, if you will. Uh, 
I didn't get to do all of it this year that I wanted to because of uh, outside happenings. But, you know, watching all those movies and all that still um, got to love it, you know, whether it was Signs or Halloween Ends or anything like that, for that matter. Uh, always love to have a few uh, horror moments. So it's always fun. Yep. Yeah. So we got a bunch of stuff getting ready to come up that we'll talk about. But uh, until then, Zach. Speaking of fun, let's talk about our good friends over at Rodeo Cinema, located at 2221 Exchange Avenue, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. They are Oklahoma's unique non-for-profit art house movie theater located in the stockyards of Oklahoma. Um, they've got a great, a lot of great content right now. Right this this month, they're celebrating Indigenous people with uh, different films like Blood Quantum. You can go see the Banshees of Insurin, Insurin, which is going to be an Oscar contender later this year. It's Sharon, yeah. Um, Silent Sundays, which is a new thing that they're doing this Sunday, November the 13th, Modern Times, the Charlie Chaplin classic with the live music and sound effects. Um, American Psycho, which will be on Thursday, November 17th at 8 o'clock, and much, much more. So go check them out, Rodeo Cinema, and tell them that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you. <coughs> nice. Um... You know, uh, Zach, if you had uh, if you had something cold and tasty, you probably wouldn't be coughing like that, right? You know, and uh, you're, you're talking to Edward, not Zach, so you know there, there's that. Uh, but nah, man, uh, Oklahoma City Soda, OKC Soda Company. What can you say about these guys? I mean, cane sugar, all natural, simple as that. They don't use the high fructose and all that, the stuff that rhymes with gross. You know what I mean? They don't use that junk. Their whole distribution that actually uh, has different ones in, uh, what is that, Homeland, Quest for that matter. They've got a ton of different flavors. Just on the screen right there, you see Orange Cream Soda, Root Beer, Cherry Limeade. Man, there are so many different great flavors out there that honestly I think you should try. It is a wonderful company, and that is part of the reason why we like to be sponsored by them. So yeah, go grab yourself some OKC soda com- soda cans for that matter. Yeah, it's awesome. Ed, you know, I know you enjoy soda, but I didn't think you enjoyed it that much. To, I, I think you really want to swim in it sometimes. <laughs> Man, I mean, don't get me wrong. That strawberry uh, shortcake, that stuff is uh, delicious. Delicious. Um, Delicioso. Yeah. So I wanted to bring this up just because I could not wait for Zach's face to just look the way it's going to after I mention this. But Warner Brothers is reportedly in pre-production or trying to get in place of pre-production of a massive budget for Twister Part 2. All yeah, these, I've, I've heard about this. All these many years later. The Extreme! What do you guys think? And it's supposed to be a direct sequel from the 1996 movie. I mean, we've had two F5s in that time from then till now. So, you know, there's that. She survived May 3rd. She got, you know, kind of thing. Like, you know, but that's one of the biggest things around here. Zach, what do you think? You know, it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, I've heard about this, that they're trying to get Twister 2 off the ground, literally and figuratively. Um, But I mean, it. 
you know, in, in the in the age that we're in with these requels and all kinds of different stuff, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. Will I go see it? Hell yeah. It's Twister. It's Hell Twister, yeah. you know? You know, I'm not gonna say no to that, but I just you know, with Bill Paxton gone, Philip Seymour Hoffman gone, I don't think I've heard reports that there may not bring Helen Hunt back, which I don't know who else from the legacy characters you could bring back, but if if if, if any of them it's gonna be her. But I mean I mean, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, if they make a good movie, you know, anything can happen. They should just do what Warner Brothers and everybody else does with other reboots and just put Chris Pratt in it. He looks like he yeah. could be a, he could just be a bring good in LeBron. Yeah, bring in LeBron. Look, look, no, let's not go that far, man. Let's he, not he, go that far. Chris pa- Chris Pratt will be in it. <laughs> um, Probably, yeah. My father done the last one. This I'm is the only. The this is the only thing else I wanted to bring up, and then you guys can bring anything else up if you want to. But James Gunn is reportedly butting heads already with Dwayne Johnson as far as where the DC, where the DC should be going. So I'm guessing. I mean, Trouble in Paradise. Oh my yeah. Gosh. So well, this is where you know does does Dwayne Johnson have too much say so. Or if you want it to be like Marvel, guess what? Nobody had nobody butts heads with Kevin Feige. No, Dwayne Johnson. And Dwayne Johnson. Ahead. He that's he has. I don't know if you guys know this. He has a contract saying he can't lose in any fight. He he's got to look strong. He's got to win and everything. He's it's just like, dude. Like Black, what was it? Black Adam. <laughs> I almost forgot the name of the movie. Black Adam. It'd be a better movie if there's some stakes. You know, if this character could die. You know that it would make a better storyline, but the fact that he literally destroys everything in its path, there's really no saying the matter. And I think, from what I understand, Johnny, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think James Gunn said that he has a pretty, he has a lineup ready to go for yeah. DC. So because I mean, you've even got Superman over there, Henry Cavill, looking like he can take a Eddie lot Kong. of abuse. But yeah. at the same time, he has that moral stake that's at play with him. He has the because there were several times against Zod and his little cronies that you felt, man, can can Superman actually? They're trained. He's not. Can can he actually do this? You know, and his his knowledge of the world won him a lot of yes. it. But at the same time, you know, him foregoing his morals for just a quick second is what eventually one today you know so it, it's at the same time but, that you know black adam might be a very very powerful character but nonetheless you have to have that either moral or physical destruction of that character to a point even and that and that's big. fine i think i think you know I, I know you guys haven't seen black adam but i mean just judging by the trailers he has the physical aspect to go up against yeah. superman you know it's yeah. moral versus um strength that's what it is basically and i mean the wrong we all and it's, eventually and it's different know it's going to happen and it's different ideology well i mean if james gunn is trying to do his thing and trying to get dc on the correct course and dwayne johnson's not you know this is my character this is what how i want it to be then it may not happen you know yeah then the wrong as an ex- as the executives or whatever's they need to step in and be like you are the actor you are not over everything he is over everything that we appointed him exactly Daniel Lane shut your mouth and know your role jabroni um yeah that's a, that's a good way to that's a good way to put it but uh that's the only thing i wanted to bring up uh like i said if you guys have anything we can but um, let's 
I got one thing, and we. I was just gonna bring up because we hadn't really we haven't got a chance to talk about it. We we'll probably we should probably just save it because we're gonna talk Marvel and Black Panther next week. The uh, Harrison Ford casting as a uh, General Ross since uh, William Hurt passed away. What do we think about Harrison Ford joining the MCU? I mean, is it too late? Is it just right? It should have been done. I think it should have been done a while ago. He's I mean he's a Disney he, with Kanzentite. I think nope. he should I think he should have been like cast maybe a while ago. Yeah. Because he's a he's he's Harrison Ford. He's a he's a Disney guy. You know, they yeah. I'm I'm sure his contract from some Lucas films came over when Star when Star Wars was purchased. Yeah. So, I just I mean, I mean I think he I think he's a good fit. I mean, he yeah. you know, I think he'll be a good General Ross, so we'll I think he's going to his first film is going to be Thunderbolts, which I think is like Florence Pugh and um Who's the guy from Winter, the Winter Soldier? Uh, it was uh, Kurt Russell's kid. Oh, uh, uh, G- Dollar General Russell. Dollar General Russell. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get into some recent watches. Um, Ed, do you have anything that you want to recommend for anybody this past week, or was life busy and Dick slapped you too? Dollar um, General Russell. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's a T-shirt. It's not like a choo-choo train. Uh, I got to actually watch every single Harry Potter film. Uh, yeah, because they, they put them back on HBO Max. Well, or did I you watch? Did you or did you buy Voodoo. them? Voodoo. You got them on, they're on my Voodoo. Yep. Voodoo. Uh, that uh, you know, go, go, kind of practicing and all that, kind of like I showed you earlier. Uh, but other than that, those two things have mainly been it. So honestly, what do I recommend? One through seven, part two, baby. Every single one of them, all eight, get it done. Uh, I actually got to watch quite a bit uh, this past week, more than I normally do. So, um, me I too. Checked out, I checked out uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I got to rewatch that for the uh, final Friday the Fourteenth podcast of the year. You guys can go check that episode out where you listen to this episode at audio wise or watch it on Emisawa productions. Um, Zach, you'll, you'll, you'll probably find this funny, but I watched marriage story. Um, mm. <laughs> I watched marriage story this past week. Uh, you know, taking a few notes. Um, I tried to finish where the crawdads sing. Yeah. From what I from what I saw, it was okay. I need to finish it. I, it was I was just only thirty minutes in. I couldn't get into it, but it was just because of my surroundings. Yeah. Um. For some reason, I had the itch to watch the original Fast and the Furious movie. Uh, checked out. Oh. Checked out Southpaw. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, watched uh, the Magnificent Seven for this episode. But I also watched the these two movies. I watched uh, on streaming. Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler. Mm. And uh, I checked out Barbarian finally. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't have any complaints about Barbarian, but maybe it's just the hype that was surrounding Barbarian. I uh, I thought it was just okay. I will go into mine because I watched Barbarian as well. I watched it on Halloween, actually. Did you feel the same um, way? I really liked it. I didn't have any expectation for it. I was just kind of like, I, you know, I heard this was like pretty good. It was won the box office, whatever. And 
the fact that it was i don't know how you felt about it johnny but like the fact that it was just kind of like a puzzle and it kept like peeling itself peeling itself back like every single time a new character got introduced i the end results not a lot of people are gonna like but to me for me it worked so oh i didn't i didn't mind the end result or the peeling of the puzzle just the the payoff at the very end with the reveal and the yeah. flat out ending yeah. I, I i was like honestly am i watching mama part two you ever you remember mama yeah it felt like mama did it not yeah, yeah. I did watch one other movie that's actually brand well, pretty new. Nope, sorry, uh, you already had your you already had your chance. <laughs> uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, the Daniel Radcliffe movie. What's yeah, that? On? You know, the uh, Roku channel. Nah. is it really? Yeah, the Roku channel. It's like okay. on Roku or something. But yeah, I checked that out. I've heard good things about it. <sighs> um, it fits him. Um, there are eight. If you expect this to be like a Bohemian Rhapsody or straight out of Compton or something like it's, that, from what it's, it's more of a Dewey Cox, right? It's more of like a yeah, in his life. It is, and I mean, like I said, it fits him. It's an exaggeration. Um, because okay, I'm gonna kind of spoil a little bit, but it's gonna Madonna is a character in it, basically, right. not the real one, but right. her Evan, likeness. Evan, Evan Rachel Wood, yeah, yes. She did pretty good, actually, I've got to say. <clears throat> um, and it's basically like they had a very intimate romantic relationship with each other, mm. which has never gone past platonic in real life. So right. there's that. But, I mean, as far as that, it was just very exaggerated. And then um, it was a fun ride, though. I will say that. Very fun ride. And I got I to would, watch... Uh... The fluffy special, so yeah. I would special. recommend at least checking out Barbarian, and then I had a good time watching Murder Mystery. So, Zach, what about you? Yeah, uh, just like you, Johnny, I checked out Barbarian. I want to take just a moment, and I watched Blonde on um, Netflix, the Marilyn Monroe movie with uh, Ana de Armas. Here's what I'll say about it: it's very girthy. It's two hours and forty something minutes. The best part about it is Ana de Armas. I think she she really does deserve an Oscar nomination for this. She looks and sounds and even the mannerisms of Marilyn Monroe right to the mark. It would not surprise me if she got a nomination and then um, the uh, makeup and hair to style would get a nomination. The the pro and I'm not I don't really know much about Marilyn Monroe other than you know some of the obvious things, but I mean it. There's there's a lot of people out there that say this film is very exploitive of her life, which I will agree with because there's some of this some of the movie that some of this movie it just doesn't really need to happen. You're kind of sitting there going like, why why is this in here? Why are we doing this? I understand she was a a, a sex symbol and all this and that, but you don't need to you don't need to show that, especially with some of the dramatic. Um, happenings or some of the dramatic stuff that's happened in her life and ultimately this the movie really depicts her as being someone that was really heartbroken and sh she wanted to be loved as a person not as a movie star not as a sex symbol but just as who she was and so like overall i would give it i'd give it a seven i don't know if i'd ever watch it again but like i said Ana de armas like 
she makes that movie. So, <laughs> and then other than that, it dude, it's time for Denzel Overdrive. I'll just run through all this these films real quick. Um, Chasing Train, which was a documentary about uh, John Coltrane, who's a famous jazz musician. He uh, Denzel support plays. Um, he provides the voice for John Coltrane when they're like talking about interviews and stuff. Uh, Ricochet, The Manchurian Candidate, The Great Debaters, Roman J. Israel Esquire, Antoine Fisher, and Crimson Tide. So nice. Uh, that do the Denzel. That episode is coming to you December twenty sixth. Two days day, before his birthday. The day after Christmas, we're going to be talking our top five plus five Denzel movies. Should be pretty fun. Um, but Zach, you also have some truth facts about uh, The Magnificent Seven, if you want to get that off your chest. Yeah. So uh, Tom Cruise, Kevin Costner, Morgan Freeman, Matt Damon, and Christian Bale were all considered at some point during the production for different roles. The horse that Chris Pratt rode in this film was actually the same uh, main horse that was used in War Horse, the St Steven Spielberg film. The cabin where Jack Horn lives is also featured in the 2010 True Grit, where Cogburn kicks the Native Americans off the balcony. Hmm. And Chris Pratt was <laughs> Chris Pratt was on the set of this film when Jurassic World was released back in 2015 to a huge box office success. Pratt said Denzel Washington teased him relentlessly, stating every morning with a box office update in the form of, quote, here's our $100 million guy, and on and on and on until the film reached uh, $500 million. Nice. And those are your top four things you didn't know about the Magnificent Seven. <laughs> but, hey, but getting, getting teased by Denzel Washington, I, that's, that's quite an honor. For the success that. of a movie. Yes. That's, that's awesome right there. Um, and Zach, let us know the uh, the top movies of 2016 when it comes to that box office rewind. All right, box office rewind for the year of 2016. Number ten, the Sui Suicide Squad with Will Smith. Number nine, Deadpool. Number eight, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Number seven, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Number six, The Secret Life of Pets, which kind of surprises me. And check this out, guys. The top five grossing films of 2016 are all Disney movies. Yeah. Number five, The Jungle Book remake. Number four, Zootopia. Number three, Finding Dory. Number two, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. And number one, Captain America Civil War. Wow. And that is your box office rewind for the year 2016. But now, guys, it is finally time to talk the top five. So today we are talking our top five Antoine Fuqua, if I said that correctly, yes. Fuqua movies. Um, you know, he is a fun director, and we're going to get ready to talk about him here in just a little bit. Um, but I only have one honorable mention. If anybody else has any, go for it. Uh, I'm going to be uh, short, sweet, and simple. My honorable mention is going to be Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. Anybody else? No. Nope. So let's dig into <clears throat> number five. Um, Zach, we'll start with you. Uh, number five, uh, 
one of the films that he has worked with on multiple occasions. Uh, number five is The Equalizer, Denzel Washington, who, you know, I'm sure he'll be be th sporadic through our list. Uh, the Equalizer was a remake of a CBS TV show, um, and I've never seen it, the original TV show, but this film is it's a lot of fun. It's Denzel being a badass, which, you know, who does not want to see that? Um, he basically takes on the, the Russian mobsters and Chloe Grace, Chloe Grace Moretz is in it. Um, just a real fun movie. The second one, I think in parts is a little bit better. And I'm very curious to see what this third one's going to be next year. So, uh, number five, the equalizer, uh, number five for me is going to be a movie that I talked about in recent watches months ago. Number five for me is going to be Brooklyn's finest. Um, corrupt cops, drug dealers, murders, undercover cops. Uh, it's fun. Wesley Snipes, Don Cheadle, Richard Gere, Ethan Hawke. Such a fun movie. And if you guys like cop thrillers and, you know, it's, I'm not going to say it's, it's nowhere near as good as uh, The Departed, but it just has that feeling of a kind, that kind of a movie. So if you guys like undercover cop movies and dirty, you know, snake cops, I would definitely recommend Brooklyn's Finest. Comes in at my number five. Edward, number five for you. Uh, this one is a little bit of a weird one, but I found out I haven't watched many of his movies. Uh, number five is Lightning in a Bottle from 2004. Uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a jazz kind of not not really concert or anything like that, but it's kind of a, a well, it is a concert, but it's got a lot of hardcore like very influential jazz musicians uh, from basically the past hundred years uh, in it. And even the likes of BB King and some, uh, some oh, was that from that was his jazz documentary, correct? But yeah. Okay. And you know, it's even got like Steven Tyler and all that from Aerosmith. Uh, it's got a lot of good people. So if you like music, even remotely like that, I definitely recommend that it had a lot of good features on it. So yeah. Nice. nice. Zach, number four for you. Uh, number four is going to be your honorable mention, Johnny Shooter with uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Danny Glover, Michael Pena. Um, just a fun, again, that's the thing about Antoine Fuqua movies is that they're fun. And, you know, that's all you really need to know about his films. Um, basically, Marine Sniper gets um, charged with trying to kill the president, and it's basically him trying to clear his name. The movie was so successful that they had to, they actually did like a two season TV show, which I, uh, you know, but um yeah, shooter's real fun. It's classic Mark Wahlberg being a badass like all like all the time like Denzel. Have you, so. noticed, have you noticed they do that with his movies? They did that with Training Day, and they did that with The Equalizer, and Shooter. Yeah, and Shooter. They make TV shows out of his movies. Fucking weird, but yeah, we'll see. Talent. Um, I'm waiting for the I'm, I'm waiting for the infinite TV show. Oh my gosh. Good <laughs> good good number four, Zach. Uh my number four, we won't spend too much time on it. We're talking the Magnificent Seven today. That's my number four. Edward, number four for you. Southpaw. Uh mm. Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, Rachel McAdams, Forrest Whitaker, you know, uh Jake Gyllenhaal got in fantastic shape for this movie. Um there's not much more I can say about it. He he plays a boxer billy the great hope um and yeah it's a little bit of a brutal movie at times to be honest but it's got a lot of good story into it um yeah, yeah and 
you know, uh, on top of that, some of the soundtrack was really, really good. So, yeah, Southpaw, check it out, folks. Uh, Zach, number three for you. Uh, number three is uh, probably the only good film in this trilogy of film movies. Uh, Olympus Has Fallen with Gerard Butler and uh, Aaron Eckhart. Um, you know, it, it, this one is more of a, like a serious, if you know, we were attacked by another nation, how would they go about doing this, especially attacking the uh, our capital? Um, very, very intense film. It's actually very bloody for it to be a um, no, it's R rated, so that makes sense. Um, Gerard Butler just tries to save the president, and it's all, it's kind of weird because the same year that uh, this came out, White House Down came out with Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Olympus Has Fallen is probably the more better one, <laughs> in my opinion. But, um, really fun movie, just more action packed. Gerard Butler doing hand to hand combat, and you really hate the guys that take over the white house. Like you really want them to die horrible deaths. So number three is uh Olympus has fallen. <clears throat> number three for me is going to be uh, the equalizer. Zach, you had it in your honorable or in your number five, I believe. Hmm. Um, you know, I'm not going to say too much on it. Cause I think it would be a fun conversation one day, but the equalizer to me is a better. Here comes the flack is a better kick-ass action film than John Wick. I don't know why, but I enjoy The Equalizer a lot better than I enjoyed John Wick. It's and they, The Watch. And, and I think it's because maybe they came around, they kind of came out around the same time. Came out uh, the same year. Yeah, so, um, but me personally, I always thought The Equalizer was a little bit better of a film. So that's going to be my number three is The Equalizer. So... Edward, number three for you. Uh, number three for me. Uh, gonna go ahead and put break my rule. You, my usual rule. Uh, you son of a bitch. Seven. You know, uh, magnificent seven. It is, man. Go from there. Nice. Zach, number two for you. Yeah, they literally, <laughs> they literally came out a month apart. Equalizer was September 26th and uh, equal John Wick was October the 24th almost. <laughs> wow, that's great. That's crazy. Uh, number two for me, uh, Training Day. We talked about it early this year. Classic Denzel. One is Oscar. I'm sure when we do our Denzel top five plus five, that will make quite numerous appearances on our list. Um, I think it is the it's the classic good cop versus bad cop situation. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know, King Kong don't have shit on me. So it's classic Denzel line. You want to go home or you want to go to jail? <laughs> exactly. So number two is training day. Number two for me has already been mentioned. Number two is going to be Southpaw. Uh, Rewatched it over the weekend. Tremendous, tremendous movie. Um, you know, like Ed, you already mentioned the cast. Force Whitaker. I'm going to get some more hate for this probably, but if I could do without anybody in this movie, I just, I can't believe Forrest Whitaker sometimes. I thought you were going to say 50. No, I, 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 I enjoyed 50 Cent because he plays, <laughs> he plays a really good douchebag. Yeah. So I enjoyed 50 Cent in that movie, but I, I just, I don't know if it's Forrest Whitaker's NyQuil, DayQuil face or, <laughs> you know, I just, I just couldn't believe him some points. Um, it, I feel like he's the same character in everything he does. Just a soft-spoken gentleman. Wise 
kind of yeah. 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 He play so, he plays a kind of the same character in The Great Debaters. He's kind of like that, like you said, soft spoken, very much you don't want to he doesn't want to piss anyone off, but he wants to do, say the right things or whatever, you know. It's just kind of like, okay, same, can we same soft spokenness in Rogue One, you know? Yep. But he's I it's different because some people be like, well, that's just him how he speaks. Yeah, but you know, you can take Morgan Freeman's soft spoken voice. And he plays, he doesn't play the same character in every movie. So, no. I don't know. You know but, I'm sure Denzel doesn't go around fucking screaming all the time. But uh, number two for me is going to be Southpaw. Ed, number two for you? Number two for me is going to be Shooter. Uh, man, there's a lot of great things in this film. Whether real or not, it, it still is a very, very cool uh, film for that matter. And the end of it, Oh, that that snow uh, game of cat and mouse, if you will. That that was awesome. So yeah. Number one, Zach. What's your number one Denzel movie? Uh, Antoine Fuqua movie. Yeah. Which is it, it's a Denzel movie. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> number number <laughs> number one is uh what we're doing today, Magnificent Seven. Oh wow. Um, number one for me, it's been an episode. Training day. I, I don't. Th I think this is. You know, it's not the best Denzel that I've seen, but it's up there with some of the best. Um, and it's one of those things where does the director make the movie? Does the actor make the movie? I think this was just a perfect storm. Terrific movie. Go back and listen to our our training day episode. Number one for me is Training Day. Ed. Uh, number one for me is uh, easily the Equalizer. Uh, Man, when that came out, fell in love with that. And then, you know, John Wick came out later on, of course, and fell in love with that too. But with this, John Wick seems more of the, like, vengeful, pissed-off, like, middle-aged dude. This one seems like, yeah, he's pissed off, he's vengeful, but he's calculated. He's calm, collected, cool. He's going to kill you and know exactly the moment he's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You're correct. Well, guys, that is our top five Antoine Fuqua movies. Uh, if you want to send us in your top five, go ahead and send it in at C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. And we'll read the email bag next week during our Black Panther episode. Um, but today, episode 218, we are talking all about The Magnificent Seven. Currently, IMDb has it at 6.8. Rotten Tomatoes sits at 64%. The Metascore is at 54%, and the Google users have it at 87%. Um, this is what kind of shocked me a little bit. With a $107 million budget, it only grossed $162 million at the box office with a September 23rd, 2016 release. Um, seven gunmen from a variety of backgrounds are brought together by a vengeful young widow to protect her town from the private army of a destructive industrialist um, starring Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, Vincent Donforio, um, Martin Sensmeyer, Haley Bennett, Luke Grimes, uh, Matt Boner, I mean Bomber, um, and directed by Antoine Fuqua. Um, so guys, we'll, we'll start with this. Um, Zach, do you remember the first time that you seen it? And what was it like then comparing it to now for this episode? Uh, 
Um, first time I saw it, saw it in the theater. Um, I actually watched the original ni- uh, 1960s version, I think, with uh, um, Steve McQueen. Uh, I really, the trailer really hyped me up for it. I thought it was a really good trailer, and the movie I thought was, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It's very fast paced, a lot of action. Um, we'll get into it, but I mean, I just thought this was just a really phenomenal time at the theater. So, uh, Edward, what about you? Do you is this a first time watch for you, or have you do you remember the first time you've seen it? Uh, 2018. Um, it, it was good. I, about, yeah, three, four, about two years after it, about four years ago. Uh, gotta say, I agree. You know, a lot of, a lot of action going on in it. Kind of the modern old cowboy kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I was able to see this three times in the theater. Um, and then I saw this when I bought the Blu-ray and then I watched it for this episode. So um, I really, really, the first time I watched this in the theater, it was just mind blowing and just a a terrific, terrific film. And I feel the same way about it in this movie, this recent watch, Um, but we'll get ready to talk about it. So um, first off, I was going to mention the, the original Um, Zach, Mm-hmm. I think me and you might have. Or I think we're the only ones who've seen the original. Edward, have you seen the original? To my knowledge, no. But so, I could have seen part of it. Um, this is going to be the second. I'm going to say probably the fourth western where I think. And please send me some hate mail to where the remake completely blows the original out of the water. Yeah, I totally agree. The I honestly don't remember much about the original um, Magnificent Seven, but I do remember it just being like a very slow burn of a film. Like I, there were points of it that I don't know if I could have finished it to be honest, but um, you know, it is what it is. The, you know, this one obviously has a lot more action than the original, um, but I understand why people like the original. It's kind of in that vein of like a John Wayne Western type thing. So and this ironic, and this is the, the most funny thing about this film is this is a remake of a remake of a remake of uh, Seven Samurai, which is like a hugely, widely con- uh, critically received film, um, which is basically the same plot line, only it's, you know, Samurai. Samurai. Yeah, I still need to watch that. I bought that uh, this past summer with the Criterion cell. And I want to see it, but I, I think it's a girthy. I think it's like almost four hours, isn't it? No, no, it's it's. I think it's about two thirty, three hours. So it's kind of in the middle. It's three, three twenty-seven, three twenty. Yep, mm, that makes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I actually watched that on uh, the Criterion app when it was when it first came out. So, is it a masterpiece like everybody says? It's it's a really good movie. It's uh, you want you kind of get why we have all these different Americanized remakes of it, but um. You know, I, I don't know if I'd ever watch it again, but you know, it's just it's fun to see a film that's highly highly regarded as a masterpiece. I didn't mention him in the cast and crew, but let's talk about it. The first time you meet Bartholomew, aka Peter Skarsgård, what'd you guys think of him as the villain? Dick. <laughs> Skarsgårds are usually pretty good, man. I mean, so far they've been hitting pretty pretty great ever since I uh, 
seen Alexander Skarsgård and uh, old old man Skarsgård and the uh, Pirates. It's it, their name's been on the map for me. So this is just another one. It's great. Yeah, great. Yeah, I'm. I mean, you know, Bogue is pretty much. He's basically the first twelve minutes of this movie. He kind of rides into town, takes over the church, saying, "Hey, I'm gonna take. I'm. Ta we're taking over your land. We're taking over your town. If you don't like it." too bad deal with it and you know you basically i think the um the townsfolk has to pay like a taxes or something like that and you know people try to run and they they get killed you know saying basically you are going to pay me whether you like it or not yeah um what did you guys think of the seven meeting the seven in this movie uh zach do they mix well with you if you want to go through all seven you can yeah um i really like the intros to all the different seven members um chisholm i thought was probably honestly the best the fact that you really don't see denzel washington's face as he's riding to town until he actually gets into the saloon takes out the guy behind the um not the desk but the uh help me out here guys the bar at the, saloon. the bar yeah, yeah the bar at the saloon um fairway that place where you get shit faced yeah <laughs> fairway chris pratt's kind of sitting there drinking playing cards um his his was okay vasquez billy Ro billy rocks was a really cool intro where it's kind of like the draw he has the knife the other guy has the gun um robichet which is ethan hawk's character jack horn who's vincent d'onofrio and red harvest who is the uh cherokee indian warrior so yeah uh, i think i think he had a pretty good intro yeah, they're all kind of sitting there like in the canyons and he kind of comes up. <laughs> Denzel has to eat like the heart of a deer or something like that. Right. So I, I really like these characters. I think, you know, if you don't. Well, first off, it's a great casting, honestly, with Denzel, Chris Pratt. You know, he, I know he's kind of in everything now, but I think he fits this role really good. Um, Vasquez, uh, Billy Rock. Dion Rocks. Frio, man. That what? one was good. Dion Frio. Vincent oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, Jack Horn. He's like a really weird version of like like Rooster Cogburn or something like that. I don't know <laughs> honestly how to describe him. But like it, it's very important to like not only make these characters likable, but like cast actors that not only can act in these roles, but like you want to root for. So. Um, you know what I loved about this movie, though, is it being shot on location the yes. wide shots, the cinematography of this movie. Yes. For, a, for a Western, this movie feels, and I don't know why, but if some of the other Western remakes can get some like Oscar nods, I wonder how come this one really didn't get much love. You know how you know how the Academy is. They don't like remakes, you know. You, you, they, they, can love be true, as... they love True Grit? Yeah, but it's a remake, but it didn't win anything. Right, but I mean, it, it, it at least got welcomed in. Yeah. You know, and let's talk about that for a minute. I, I, it kind of really did surprise me that the budget was not probably where they wanted it to be. It only made $67 million, technically. Yeah, and that it gross, what'd you say, like $107 million budget? $107 million budget, um, and then it only grossed $162 million. Yeah, that it and that and that type of 
in that type of um, business model, that's a moderate success. I mean, it grossed worldwide. It made like 162 million. So technically, it got its budget back. But you know, with the name, with the name cast, with like kind of a cool Western setting, you could tell this was going to be action packed. I, I agree with you, Johnny. I don't, I don't really know why this movie didn't was as a big of a hit as it should. I mean. When we do our, when I did my box office rewind, I was going down the list. It was number fifty-six of the year, yeah. worldwide. So, it's very interesting. But I think you know, uh, this is the kind of movie I could have sworn. It were, I mean, it's spoiler alert. Let's talk about the movie. I almost, I forgot Denzel lived in this movie. Yeah, I thought wasn't, wasn't he in a western-like movie that he died at the end? Hmm. Not to my knowledge. I think this is the only Western he's done. Because I know in the bonus features when they interviewed him, they said that's the reason why he did the film is because they don't do Westerns like this no more. And that he, you know, was very eager to do something like this. Um, but yeah, I thought but, the wide shots and the cinematography was, was very, very good. Um, Zach, we're just a few days away from season five. But what'd you think of Luke? Grant? Oh, I forgot he was in this, and so when I yeah. when I saw him, I was like, "Oh shit, Casey from Yellowstone." Your PP get hard a little bit, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but like, you... I think you know, honestly, this is probably the film that got him at Yellowstone because he just fits in the Western genre so well. He does. Were you possibly thinking Glory from '89? Uh, negative, no, negative, that, sir. No, no, that's a war movie. No. Um, well, I mean, what would you guys you know. think of uh, protecting the town or teaching the town how to shoot the guns? Some of those scenes. Did the did the God, the, mon it. the montage of the training the montage of training the townsfolk to shoot and ride and everything? Does that do guys, is that cliche or do you guys enjoy it? Well, I was gonna ask. Did it feel Both. like it was trying to be too funny at certain times? Did you want it to be a little bit more serious than what it led on to being? Yeah, not really. I thought it was good. I mean, with, with how much serious, which I, uh, with how serious this movie was about to get in the final fight and all that, I, I think that was kind of a call for it, you know. Well, I mean, when you have a when you have a group of like ragtag characters that are basically don't know each other until they start, you know, learning their strengths and weaknesses i think you have to have a little bit of comedy like the the rivalry between um uh fairway and uh vasquez of like oh you know you got the most shots oh wait let's go again or you know let's who's the quick draw you know that that kind of rivalry between the two characters until finally you get to the end of the film where he basically saves chris pratt for a moment and you know it just it kind of balances out the scales a little bit yeah so i mean and one thing i will say is that i liked antoine fuqua's attention to detail like you said johnny with the cinematography even doing kind of like the close-ups of the different characters of like the old school quick draws of you know who's the quickest in the west and all this i thought was kind of a a, a nice paying respect to old western films Zach, did you uh, did you have any issues with like this movie? No, or I don't have one? any issues with this movie. 
any of the pacing go off to any of you guys or maybe maybe some of the way the the characters were like did you get enough did you feel like you felt for most of those characters like did you have enough backstory or not backstory but did you have enough character development to care about each one of them yeah i think yeah i'd say yeah whether I don't think you need. I don't think you need a lot in this type of film. You just, you know, you kind of just you get like. I think Denzel has like the most character development. Obviously, probably just because he's the main character, but right. Um, but you only need like one or two sentences to say, <laughs> okay, so I'm an outlaw. You help me uh, free this town of these corrupt people. I won't. I won't hunt you down. That's all you need to know. You know, so. Yeah, um, I almost kind of because four of them end up pa- dying, right? Uh, Horn, Goodnight, Billy, and Fairway. Yeah, four of them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of didn't mind the whole revenge story. I didn't. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I didn't love this movie like I thought I was going to, going into it. I don't know. I, 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 I think I don't know. I don't. I really don't know how to answer that question because I really haven't seen this movie probably in a year, maybe year and a half. And so, on the rewatch for me, I was really invested in it. I thought the pacing was really, really fast. Like this movie's two hours and like twelve minutes 12 long, minutes. yeah, and it flew by real quick. Um. I yeah, I just had like f- a fun time with it, and I just don't. They don't, don't make westerns like this anymore. No, Mm-mm. you know they don't make these fun westerns where you know that was a you know you walk out of the theater and say, yeah, that, that was a cool two hours. You know, I would do, I would say that again. You know, well, most I mean, of the westerns that... now. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was about to say, not only that, but the stakes were high, you know, and I mean, some of the characters actually did have consequences, you know, um, that there was, like, like y'all said earlier, there was the rivalries and stuff like that, and each of them kind of trying, not, well, maybe not trying to show off, not each of them, but several different ones would try and show off their skills to the others, or in front of the others and all that to try and prove or one-upsmanship in a way. But at the same time, there was that camaraderie and everything between some of them. Yeah. So, I mean, there, it had a lot of good elements to it. I mean, a lot of good elements for that matter. Um, yeah. What do you guys think about Haley Bennett who plays Emma, who kind of wrangles up, he she wrangles up Denzel. Denzel wrangles up the rest of them. Do you think she was? She's not in the movie that long, but I think when she's in the movie, I think she, she's she's, she can take this. She can take the scene that the widow she's in. Yeah, yeah, I think she played the perfect damsel in distress. I guess yeah. um, I would almost say she was probably just what the movie needed. When it, especially when it comes down to um, holding her own with those individuals acting wise. Yes. Um, she could have just folded and just been like, up, oh, you know, yeah, this is they, a paycheck. You yeah. Know. Or they just used her to save the budget. Yeah. But I think she did a really, really good job. And I think she, she held her own against a pretty good magnificent seven. Mm-hmm. So the first, um, 
when Denzel and uh, well, when uh, Chisholm and Billy Rocks goes into town and we have the first shootout between the two, the two major sets of characters, I thought was a really fun. This is it's not going to be an easy takeover. We're gonna eat. We're gonna win this battle, but we don't know if we're gonna win the war. Type thing. And I thought it was a really cool. Everyone kind of comes out of the shadows and kind of stays their ground, and it was it was just a really fun sequence. Uh, guys, if you want to get your copy and find some digital or some some physical media of uh, any Denzel movies, then go check out CDR Electronics. Uh, CDR Electronics is the best place to get your electronics. They have movies, games, cell phones, tablets, computers, TVs, anything you need to plug in and to keep going. Visit them locally here at 1604 West I-240 Service Road in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Um, like I said, it's the best place to get all your physical media and your electronics. And don't forget to let them know that the Cinema Movie Podcast sent you. And that's exactly where you heard this ad from um but man uh yeah i think i think the the magnificent seven was just just that in general i mean you have you have the cast you got the crew um and you know this honestly didn't feel denzelish like i thought it was going to i don't know if you can use that word denzelish uh, we might have just made a new T-shirt, but you know, I uh, I, I dug the way he played Chisholm in this movie. Yeah. It wasn't taken over, but you, he, he had a presence for sure, but it wasn't taken over, or you, his presence didn't take did, over. Well, how did you feel, Zach? I mean, that's a good point bringing that up, Ed. I kind of feel the same way, but I also feel like you can look at it from both ways. Like his presence wasn't well taken over. But again, we talked about it. I think Zach, we talked about it on the Bone Collector episode. The movie without Denzel would it have still been a good movie? Because the presence of him on the screen, he just demands you to stop what you're doing and watch what he's doing. Yeah, I mean. If this was, I don't know, like Michael B. Jordan or Jonathan Majors or something like that, I I still think this would have been a really fun movie. But I agree with you guys. Denzel, just anytime he's on screen, he just commands presence and he commands like your attention. But the funny thing is, is like the way you said it, Ed, is that how, how did you say it just a minute ago? Basically, he was his presence was noticed, but it wasn't. It didn't overtake everything. It wasn't him. He wasn't. You know? Yeah, he wasn't. I, I think Denzel wasn't trying to be the badass of the movie. Well, he does have a lot of cool scenes in the movie. He He's not. He's just kind of. I think his character is very reserved and kind of just takes a step back and kind of lets the other ones do their jobs until, say, we get, you... until we get to the end of the movie. And it's revealed what 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 the stakes really were for him against Bo. I think he Both. he gave the spotlight uh, with others very well. You know what I yes. mean? Because at this time you've got an up and coming Chris Pratt that's you know been around the block. He knows the game, but now he's really got a foothold, and it, it you know such as making you know kind of little uh, pokes at him with the hundred million dollar man kind of thing and all that. Yeah. 
but you know at the same time it, it's it's a it's making pokes at by or i'm sorry making pokes from denzel washington like right but i'm gonna that's I'm a gonna, hardcore praise i'm gonna disagree with you man because by this point yeah. chris pratt he had already had guardians he had jurassic world the year prior and so he was i think he was already a name recognition well what i'm saying or what i meant by that was that like he just is like getting his foothold like he's getting in there and being that yeah. guy to where yeah. denzel has been that he's guy done that. Right. he is still that guy but has been that guy it's right. like leo you know what i mean it's like the same thing comparing chris pratt to leonardo dicaprio chris pratt's that guy but leo's, but leo's had that more... guy yeah. you know well, to where, like I see, vincent I, Dion... I, I kind of i kind of see where you're going that chris pratt is about to be that guy but i would still disagree i think he's being typecasted like a ryan reynolds oh no yeah and oh, yeah. i like, yeah, his name might sell, but I don't think he is, and I don't think he ever will be that guy. I don't well, think I mean, he ever, I don't think he ever will be uh a, a box office draw like he won't he won't be Tom Cruise. You know, he'll right. never I don't think he'll ever get to that status. Well, I, I don't even think he'll I don't even think he'll get to uh I don't know. I just think he's being too typecast and he signs up for whatever he can get his hands on. I mean, his next films are obviously the Super Mario, Mario Brothers movie, which I'm still it's different. Yeah. <laughs> Guardians three is next year. And then in 2024, he has I guess he's voicing Garfield. They're doing a remake of Garfield and then the Electric State, which which I guess is it's him and uh, Millie Bobby Brown. So I don't really well, know what that I, is. I wouldn't mind huh. seeing him. I know we hated this movie, but I wouldn't mind seeing him doing something. I think what he did in Jurassic World to where he was a little bit more serious. That's his more serious role yeah. in Jurassic World. Jurassic World 1, 2, and 3. Those, I, those, are, his, those are his more serious roles. You know, he, Ed, he is still like... Playing. He's still goofy, though. Yeah. He's still goofy yeah. Chris Pratt. Ed, I, I would agree with you on that. I would actually kind of like to see him go up against... Not go up against, but act alongside Leo. Kind of do a movie like with Leonardo DiCaprio and see how that would work out. I mean, he would still be typecasted. He'd be, he'd be in a movie where he's like the dumb high friend. Like if this was, he he would be Jonah Hill in Wall. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. If this was Wolf of Wall Street, he'd be Jonah Hill's character. I mean, it's not like Once Upon a Time where you've got Brad Pitt going with Leo, and you know Brad Pitt's got his own suave about him, where Leo's got his sophistication and all that. Yeah, but I don't. I don't even think you can compare that because at least in well, Brad no. Pitt, Brad Pitt can be that goofy actor, but then he can do something like Seven or Twelve Monkeys and be something something completely different. Well, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying though. Chris, I, I Chris don't Pratt, think it would. Chris Pratt has yet to sign up for something like that. I don't think it would necessarily be something like that because Brad Pitt holds his own against a lot of people, you know, to where like Chris Pratt can. But, but under we, certain cir- circumstances. But I mean, you know. out of all, you mean, you know, and we can bring this up. Out of all the Chris's, Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine, he's probably the most like on the bottom because you know you have Chris Pine is probably number one just because all the different things he can do. Chris Evans, you know, I, I think he has much more range than yeah. Hemsworth. Hemsworth kind of plays like the same character, kind of the big, you know badass type thing and chris pratt is 
He's the funny one out of the group, I, I think. I would even argue that, like, Chris Evans has, you know, because, I mean, they're wrong, like, how most of us probably met him was not another teen movie. Yeah. You know, banana on his ass with whipped cream covering most of him and I've all never, that. I've never seen that movie. You've never seen? Oh, I've you do never, hate parody no, kind I of deals. I forgot about that. Sorry. Yeah. That's true. But I mean, you know, that's where a lot of us met him to where a lot of most people have met him from, you know, Captain America or, right. you know, one of the but, romantic but Chris Pine, movies. he can do something like Wonder Woman, but then in the same year or the Star next year, Trek. he can do Star Trek. He can do Hell or High Water. Let me, let me see the first Chris Evans movie I've seen. This is going to be kind of interesting now. <laughs> I think and, the first one I've seen is the first Fantastic Four, now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair. But, I mean, you know, then you've got someone like Vincent D'Onfrio who's kind of played big characters but has never been big. And some people, he goes under the radar for a lot of people for that matter. Because, you know, the first movie I ever remember him in was being Gomer Pyle, you know, from Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Uh, it would yeah. be the same thing like Fantastic Four. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, so, I mean, there's that. And then Ethan Hawke. You know, with like, I I think he fits the Western role pretty well, to be honest. He does, because I think he was also you know? in The Kid. Yeah, he was in The Kid, and I think he was, wasn't he one with um, John Travolta, whatever that one is? Uh, Saturday Night Western Light. Saturday Night Saturday Westerns, Night Western. right? <laughs> no, I'm just messing like, with you. Like... Oh, by the way, I forgot to say, I forgot to say this. I watched SNL with Amy Schumer this past weekend. Terrible. I, I wanted to blow my eyes out. I don't know why I wasted 40 minutes of my, my life. Um, for hope. If Thanos, for hope. Come, if, if Thanos could come back and just wipe her clean, I'd, uh, I'd appreciate it. I don't know if he wants that job. Um, but yeah. No, honestly, in all seriousness, I wish... If I could pick an underrated actor in this Magnificent Seven movie... Dude, I, I don't know where the love continues to get. We, we talked about him with the black phone. Dude, Ethan Hawke is tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people want to throw some light on uh, Vincent D. I know a lot of people want to say Denzel. But if we're taking Denzel out of this too, like, man, Ethan Hawke can go. And I know yeah. you guys, Edward, you brought up Chris Pratt about how he can go with anybody. I, I would, mm. okay, that's, that's your pick. I, I wouldn't say that, but I would say. No. I didn't I, I, say that. I, I would say that Ethan Hawke is probably the second best actor in this entire movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think uh, every every single role that he's in, even if it's an independent film that nobody sees, like the kid, man, he's 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 top notch. And I think he I think he should do more stuff like, uh, um, dude, Blackphone, he killed it. Yeah, yeah, unintended, I, but. So, I mean, I, I was kind of disappointed by that movie, but his performance like makes that oh, movie. Dude, 100%. No, I said Chris Pratt can go under certain circumstances. <laughs> he can't even go under certain circumstances. Yeah. But I mean, you know, no, as far as this movie, to me, the highlight for me would be Ethan Hawke. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Denzel, obviously, it's Denzel, but. As right. far as any of the other ones go, my pick would have been Ethan Hawke. 
you take the goat out of the equation, what do you got? It's probably Ethan Hawke would be yeah. second in line. Yeah, so I, w- I would have liked to see Vincent's character. I would like to seen uh, him a little bit more serious. Yeah, he's kind of more of like a he's a jokester, hillbilly, hillbilly yeah. ranger or something. You know, <laughs> you know what? Another movie I enjoyed Ethan Hawke in was Boyhood. Oh, he's phenomenal, Boyhood, and even the uh, the before trilogy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not a Criterion cell. Not I already got it. Not A24, but A24 vibes. Speaking of A24, I didn't write this down earlier, guys. But did you guys hear about the prequel series Friday the 13th produced by A24? Yeah, Crystal Lake or whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's going to be, I think it's an Apple TV Plus thing. Johnny, you're going to have to break down and get Apple TV. I know. Um, but man, what a, what a, what a day and age that we're living in where Friday the 13th and a 24 can just have a baby together. Jennifer Lawrence has a new a 24 movie out right now on Apple TV plus I need to watch. So I heard it was pretty good. Yeah. Causeway. I think it's called Causeway. There's so much shit to watch, which, which, which if I'm not mistaken is a little town in Mexico. Right? Oh no, that's Cosmo. Yeah. My bad. It's got like ten hate mails right now. <laughs> um, but so, getting, back, getting back to the movie, what'd you guys think of the night before where Ethan Hawke has the talk with Denzel and he tries to leave town? And he does leave town. What we think. I mean, it makes sense. I, I like how we kind of lose one of the seven right before the big battle and you know, you don't really know if that's going to have a negative effect, a positive effect, because, you know, he kind of starts having, like, I guess it's, like, PTSD, like, or kind of, like, withdrawal from violence, because I guess he was in the Civil War, and, you know, Billy kind of defends him, says, no, the gun was jammed during that town shootout, so. So, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I, I like it. I think I was. I think it was a good creative decision, and for him to just kind of burst onto the scene right in the middle of the battle, I thought was kind of a cool decision. Guys, before you go see Black Panther Two: Wakanda Forever, fill up on some Red and Blues pizza, forty five hundred South May Avenue, or give them a call at four zero five six zero two two eight three eight. Check them out. They're open seven days a week. Um, pizzas, hot wings, gyros, salads, sandwiches, hamburger, pizza. Go check them out. They have everything for everybody. If you're not a big pizza fan, they have sandwiches. And like we said, um, and don't forget to let Myra know that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you and you heard their ad right here on the podcast. Um, it's the only pizza that we eat. It's the best pizza, honestly, on this side of town and for your for your dollar. Um, it's really, really good stuff. So it's always made fresh. It never sits under a hot light and it's never hot and ready. Um, you're going to wait for, you're going to wait for fresh pizza and you're going to enjoy every single bite. So go check them out. Red and Blue's Pizza. It's the only pizza of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Uh, so, you know, Good Night Leaves, the morning of, what did you guys think of the final finale, the final fight? And pretty much the deaths and the ending. I thought, um, 
overall, I thought it was a really good finale. I thought this, the whole entire fight sequence was really well shot. Um, it made honestly, it made sense of who gets killed off. Like I said, going in, I really thought that Denzel would be kind of like the main, the last one to go or kind of sacrifice himself like Faraday did or something like that. Um, but it's just really fun. And I think everyone, honestly, like the best thing about it is that everyone has their moment to shine at, during this final battle, I think. So, yeah. And for a two hour and, you know, 12 minute movie, I really do think the pacing of this movie it's it's fun and it just kind of flies by honestly if you're just because you look up and 40 minutes go by and yeah. boom, they uh you know I, I like the ending too i think you don't need a big big payoff when it comes to a, a western like this um but i do think it was a, a fun ending and uh i like the way they sent the four off like with the the crosses and the little graves and stuff and they're like little uh uh, knickknacks like of the card and the so and the knives and the axe and stuff. A little cliche, but it was okay. Yeah, gotta have some cheesiness in there. You know. Would you guys like to see Antoine Fuqua attempt another western, or would you? What would you? What would you guys? Since we are talking about him today, he was the top five subject. What would you like to see him do next? I wouldn't mind another Western simple like this. I mean, honestly, well, I mean, not exactly, of course, but sim similar. He's had some hit and misses. He's had more misses lately than hits. Uh, Zach, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, w I wouldn't be opposed to him of doing another Western. I think he did really good with this one. Um, the next time he works with Denzel, the Equalizer 3, correct? Yes, and he actually has a movie this year, Emancipation, and that was uh, that's Will Smith's movie that's supposed to come out on Apple TV Plus. Is that still this year? Yep, it's slated for December the 9th. Oh, and Johnny Ben Foster's gonna be in it, <laughs> so he's gonna have to watch it now. God damn Dude, it. You might as well, you might as well just like break down and oh, get yeah. Apple TV Plus because there's like so much stuff coming out. I, you know what I ended up doing was with when it comes to like stuff like Infinite. I know that's not Apple. That was Paramount, right? Yeah. That came out on Blu-ray, didn't it? It did. I bought it. I don't know why'd you do that, but okay. Hopefully, I would like to see Apple TV. You know, it's been eleven months. Where's the tragedy, Macbeth? At man. Yeah, it's a tragedy. Yeah, and I need I, I need that on some kind of physical media. So, but other than that, guys, um, Ed, you got a fight going on back there? Or? Let's let's get into uh, a favorite scene. Ed, do you want to go first? Which what was your favorite scene of the movie? Um, kind of the the uh, the walk in of the first uh, gunfight with Billy and the. Uh, Chisholm, uh, just kind of bad at you know you you just going through the town. You got man, just everybody everywhere. It's kind of a a reminiscence on the old school gunfighter cliche kind of thing, but you know it even had like a tombstone feel to it in a way, you know. Yeah. But that one, that one was that one was pretty cool. That one was yeah that walk in just. Riding, you know, he's just chilling, just you know, yeah. I uh, I enjoyed cool. I enjoyed meeting. If I had to pick a favorite scene, I would pick the Comanche scene. Um, it, and and throughout the movie, 
this is a I don't know this isn't a bad comparison, but I enjoy the overall Wizard of Oz feeling going through the Yellow Brick Road, meeting the next one. Uh, yeah. If I can, if I can use those terms, I just enjoy movies like that where hey, there's four of us or there's five of us, and the main character goes through the town, meeting and gathering up everybody. Um, but I, I did like the Comanche part. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't know how you were going to salvage that with comparing this to the Wizard of Oz, but okay. I see, you I see it, your right? part of it. Uh, yeah. Um, Zach, what about you? Would you have a favorite scene? Um, I'm going to agree with that. Probably the, the town shootout with uh, for, at first Chisholm and then Billy and then the rest of the gang. Um, really the whole, like you said, and agreeing with you, Johnny, just bringing in the seven one at a time and kind of getting like their little intros i thought was um that, that was really well done makes the movie go by super quick yeah because it's just a different feeling um yeah. all right guys first denzel movie of the month one down two to go um star rating for magnificent seven uh edward we'll start with you of course you start with me I uh, man i'm gonna have to go ahead and throw a seven at it Throw a seven at it. Like it quite a bit. Definitely would watch it again. So, uh, I'm going to go the same. I'm going to go seven for the Magnificent Seven. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy this movie. I don't think a seven is a bad rating by all means. Um, I had really no issues with the movie. The reason I'm just not completely in love with it is because maybe I could... It's not going to be my go-to Denzel or my go-to Antoine Fuqua movie. If I had to base it off of those two alone. So I'm, I'm going to go with seven. Zach, what about you? Um, I This is probably going to be very... Call it cliche. Call it overthinking. Call it whatever you want. I'm going to give it a 10. I really, right. really enjoy this. I really, really enjoy this movie. Um, and I'll just go ahead and say it. It'll be in my Denzel Top 5 Plus 5. Because I just think it's one of the... When I think of Denzel, this is one of the ones I go to. So nice, nice. Uh, everybody, let us know your star rating. Let us know some of your favorite Denzel movies. Start sending in those top five or top ten Denzel movies, and uh, you know we're gonna start rating them off. December looks girthy. Did you get my text? It's a, I, 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 we're doing all girthy movies, and our Denzel episode will probably be girthy. So. <laughs> Avatar, guys, Avatar Way of the Water is three hours and ten minutes long. Which will be fine. Uh, so for the, for, the, for, the, for the rest of November, guys, next week we're going to be talking Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Uh, November 21st, we're going to be talking The Hurricane with Denzel. Uh, November 28th, Denzel's Man on Fire. Uh, and then December, December the 5th, Lord of the Ring. Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, December the 12th, the 25th anniversary of Titanic, December 19th, Avatar 2, The Way of Water, and then December 26th, the day after Christmas, we give you the, the greatest Christmas gift of all time. We give you the top five plus five Denzel movies, uh, our Denzel episode. Can you believe it? We started in January with the tragedy of Macbeth. We finish in December with Denzel's top five plus five. It's just it only seems right. 
seems right. Seems like it's going to be a fun way to end the year. Um, what do you guys think next week? Uh, Zach, when are you going to go see Wakanda Forever? Uh, right now, I'm scheduled to go see it Friday night. So, Edward, when your boy can. Uh, same. So five, so five minutes. You'll be out of the theater five minutes before we start the show. Uh, same with me. I think it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, I think it'll be a good movie. Should be an emotional roller coaster. Next week, that's what we're talking about. Um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, man, I think uh, there it is. You it's know, kind of hard to believe we're already there. It's the last. Marvel movie of the year, um, Wakanda Forever. I think it should be fun. Do you guys have any? Do you guys have any uh, thoughts before next week? Fantasy Sorry. Christmas. Christmas is almost here. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks to you, Johnny, because you sent that uh, that the uh, radio the your radio of you're listening to Christmas music. We put the lights up this weekend so oh god that was was craig by the way that was craig let the turkey be carved first buddy (laughs) um you know what i I don't i I, uh i I think it needs to be a little bit colder for me to start decorating for christmas i wish we could get some colder weather but this weekend this weekend we're gonna get some cold weather oh we're gonna get some cold weather so i'm excited guys um man it's been an honor it's been an honor today to share this screen, this podcast, this show with you, to talk The Magnificent Seven, Denzel. Uh, I can't wait. And I think we're going to find some way, somehow, to sprinkle a little Denzel even next week when we talk Black Panther 2. Um, but, you know, on our way to Black Panther 2, uh, is there any uh, any nail in the coffin or anything you guys want to add before you cement the nail in the coffin for the magnificent seven go check it out you'll have a fun time with it so edward nah man i mean it i'd I'd like it like it a lot a lot a lot so go check out some more go check out some more denzel movies uh enjoy and have a safe weekend this weekend when you go see black panther wakanda forever and uh remember no spoilers and uh We'll see you guys next week, next Monday, November 14th, right here on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast as we talk Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever.